climbing out of a world torn with violence, trauma, and stress, then choosing to make it your life's work to be a positive influence and help others who find themselves in those same tough situations takes a special kind of grit. Be ready to be inspired by the humble Joel Hodge, co-founder and program director for the Struggle of Love Foundation, on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am excited to have a conversation with Joel Coach I. Hodge, co-founder and program director of the Struggle of Love Foundation in Denver, Colorado. Joel grew up in the projects in the south side of Chicago, and when he was 18, was shot three times and lost his right eye. Life brought Joel to Denver, where he met his wife, Lakeisha. With a firm determination to create a better path for their family while experiencing homelessness, Joel took the steps he needed to enter the workforce, and this couple started studying about creating a nonprofit as they saw a tremendous lack of love in their community. They started the Struggle of Love Foundation out of their home, and it has grown to incredible heights, being recognized locally and nationally. Struggle of Love Foundation has been awarded Program of the Year by the Colorado Fatherhood Council, was the first place winner of the Denver Office of Economic Development Reimagine Retail Award, the Urban Spectrum Top 25 African Americans Who Make a Difference Award, and many more. I can't wait to get into all of it. Joel, Coach I, welcome and thanks for being with me today. Hey, today. That introduction was beautiful. Thank you. I wish I wish Lakeisha had a chance to hear that introduction. She would have been very amazed about what, how you studied it and um, put that together. A lot of people don't know that story. A lot of people don't research that, that, that come and talk to us. So I appreciate that because you did some real research and you really found out really the true story of how Lakeisha and I uh, for uh, became uh, whatever this is now, you know. But I thank you for that. That was that was great. That means she's going to have to listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah she's she's listening. <laughs> she's listening. But yeah, yes, Jay. Um, I grew up in um, um the projects of Chicago back in seventies when I was born, and um, my mom uh, got us out study chemistry and stuff like that. But she still. Um, was addicted and whatever, you know, to, to to drugs and stuff like that. So she still did um, stuff that was not considerable, I believe, as good for a child to see and, and experience uh, at a young age. So, but anyway, um, I've been blessed, uh, you know, when I, uh, I, I found my way to Denver, like you said, meeting my wife, Lakeisha. And like you said, we went and studied and studied and went, and went back to school to get certificates and diplomas and stuff. And before we even started doing programming, right, we wanted to know what how to do it, what to do it, how to do it the right way, right? Yeah. Um, as, as far as insurance and, you know, making sure that we're running a, a real live organization, right? Yeah. Like our dream is to be big as the veterans of America one day, or the the you know those big was that's across the country. Yeah. Um, so it's just been a blessing. It's been a ride, you know. And uh, I've learned a lot a lot of lessons along the way. 
of how if you just do the right thing and be patient and loyal and faithful, that th those your dreams will come to pass. You know, so it just takes time and you got to believe yeah. in that faith. So. Let's take a step back and, and introduce us to the Struggle of Love Foundation and your guys' mission. Okay, so Struggle Love Foundation, uh, Lakeisha and I were dating, and uh, we had thought of it, but we weren't like together, together, right? So we thought of it, and we had, I would, I would drop her off at work, and I would go to the libraries and study and get packets and packets of paper, and then finally, when uh, we became one and moved in with each other, decided that we was gonna um, become one. Uh, you know, she found the paperwork and condensed it, and you know, uh, you know, with her intelligence and stuff, it made it, you know, where, okay, I see your idea. I can make it real, you know? So, and, and with the, with the teamwork of her and I, we started off with our first reach for peace picnic about 18 years ago. Um, and that was just a, a outlet for, for our community organizations to have a place to show the community that they existed in the community because, uh, back then when, uh, it wasn't a lot of, uh, festivals and stuff like that going on and collaborations of even having making the community aware that these organizations do exist in your community. Sure. So giving them an outlet uh, to bring their booths out and stuff like that. So we're coming up on our 16th annual one here on Father's Day. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, we started off with that. We started out with a lot of outreach programs. Um, and then we got into after school programming um, and we would do our little after school programming and we would uh, we direct our focus mostly at the one to two percent of the children or the youth um, that unfortunately go through more trauma than the average um, um, you should yeah. right uh, to in my opinion so uh, we directed our, our efforts at those to keep them off the street uh, keep them motivated and affirm their positivity to go through surround them with a positive community that, you know, uh, show them how you could trust someone and they'll still be there for you and stuff like that. So just building those social emotional skills back within our youth um, that unfortunately may um, have traumas going on inside yeah. of their, their tent. Right. So we try to open the tent for them a little bit so they can see outside of it. And nice. look around and say, oh, it's something out there. You know what I'm saying? And give them something yeah. looking forward to. And so with that, we um we started our violence interruption program um about yes, all this about 16, 17 years ago. Um and with that is um we 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 our first mission, we show up to the shootings if there's a shooting um, that involves some youth or or some gang kind of stuff or something that we think that needs some attention that we may could prevent something from exploding from this incident. Mm. Um, and so uh, and then we've been fortunate enough now to um, hire our own mental health staff. Oh, and, the purpose awesome. of, and the purpose of that is for them to travel with us to our locations, to our schools, uh, to the shootings, to the violent incidents. Um, so they can either do some crisis response, uh, grief support, or just sit and listen and say, okay, 
we can direct this youth in this kind of manner because we see these uh, symptoms in them. And so uh, we had that design way back in 2016. Lakeisha, you know, we were sitting up one night and we were saying, you know, we're working with these youth, but what about mental health? Yeah. So way back then, we started doing big um, mental health uh, 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 first aid kit, uh, trainings, uh, youth and adult in the neighborhoods. And we started uh, tip training, which is trauma-informed practices. Um, and so we started that way back in 2017 because uh, we knew that it was more than just uh, a child being angry. Or yeah. it's, 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 so it's a whole mental health component yeah. that's happening with inside our brick walls of our homes. And if you ask a youth uh, with all the youth that we connected with, most of them will go back and it's, it's all on the parenting, right? Yeah. It's all on the parenting and, and even with the gun situation. So anyway, that's our violence interruption teams. We uh, we show up to the shooters. We try to do conflict res- conflict resolution. We do some grief support and um, stuff like that. And, um, we've had some incidents where, a family may not want to stay in that house anymore because that house has been shot up so much. Wow. So we'll try to we'll try to find some funding to place them in hotels or stuff like that until they can find their way either out of town or whatever they need to do. Um, Lakeisha's even sponsored a family to move um, out of town where they was able to transfer their job, but their children were in the midst of this madness. And the children wanted to stop, but the yeah. other children... The other children that were mad at them didn't want to stop. Right. So, uh, you know, so you have to make a, a, a decision, you know, for your family. Unfortunately, sometimes there are harsh decisions and um, uh, sometimes you have to get away. I had to. I had to. I got away from Chicago and, and, and now I've been blessed to have my real life, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. And it and it's it's interesting to me the more I learn about trauma, because you obviously experienced a lot of trauma growing up, how much that can just ripple across families. And the other part of it is, especially, and I'd love to hear your take on this, when you're dealing with young people, they want to be tough, right? They don't want to show that the, the trauma is affecting them, but it definitely is. You know, uh, like I tell somebody, trauma is just as simple as uh, if you stub, if you walk past your coffee table with your shoes off and you stub your toe on that coffee table, you every time you walk past that coffee table, you're going to make sure you, oh, I got the coffee table. I don't want to hurt my toe. You know, so it, it, those are those simple traumas. And um, the thing with trauma is trauma is curable if you have support. Right. If you have the proper support and the right. proper tool, it's such as affirming you, right? Affirming your goodness, mm-hmm. even in the midst of bad, whatever that may be placed upon you on that time, is that you got to know that you have goodness in the situation and you affirm that. And that'll keep you happy and at peace. And then, you know, just getting the tools of what is a community. There's yeah. communities out there. There's a negative community, there's a positive community. Which one are you going to attach yourself to? Right. And and then how do you build trust again when when all your life, all your life, every everyone that you thought you were supposed to, you know, your immediate family, your mother and father, you're supposed to trust you. They break trust from you. Yeah. And you're just That's a traumatic. Kid. Right. And so how do you trust anybody else? Right. If you can't right. trust the people that 
birthed you. How would you ever trust anybody else? And so, and so, so you have a lot of young men that come in, and you when you have a conversation with them, a man, right? So my wife Lakeisha could go in there and talk to him, and this is what they'll do: they'll be all lieutenant. Hey, hey, but but if a man comes in there, they'll put their heads down, right? Because they don't know how to look at a man in the eye, because they've never seen a real man. Mm. They never a real man has never disciplined them. You know what I'm saying? Or the man that they have that's in their eyes is doing disciplinary ways in an anger way. Right. Right. So so they look down on you. And, and, and they look, they have lost trust in the man. We we fell into the trap for the drugs and gang situation. And so a lot of us didn't know how to come out of that. So we we became drug addicts, alcoholics or still in the penitentiary or just killed ourselves or just don't show up at all because we don't know how to transition out of that phase that uh, uh, transform our power from that negative phase that we live, all the positivity. And it's hard if you don't have support to help you learn how to do that. And this is what you guys are doing every day. Every minute, every, every 24 hours, 365 days a week. I love it. You know, it's hard, right? We, my, my wife and I, we prayed for this. We wanted a love center and we still haven't got to where we really, our prayers really extend to. And it's hard, right? Uh, Lakeisha, you know, because, well, anyway, let me tell you about our second, I'll get to that in a minute. Let me tell you about <laughs> our secondary prevention team. Yeah, Our secondary prevention team is the layer before the violence interruption, right? Okay. So so the secondary prevention team tries to work with most of the youth that carry guns and out there with probation and yeah. stuff like that to stop them to elevating to the violence prevention level, okay? And so we work with them, um, do one-on-ones. Uh, right now we're employing, how many are we employing right now, uh, Lakeisha? About 20. We have about 20 youth right now that we employ. Awesome. <laughs> And 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 that came with our collaboration through the um, the stadiums like the Coors Fields, uh, uh, the Ball Arena. Yeah. And so they, they they got us a contract where we could keep a youth employed to work up there, and you know, and we'll pay them, um, and so they'll have some money and keep it off the street and, and get some job development and job training. Yeah. We've been allowed to do prevention. And with our prevention team is we do some after-school programming and summer and uh, winter camps with K through five kids. Uh, right. so the earlier start, you start, the, the right. more you're gonna, you know, cut that right. stuff off as, it get, as they get older. Right, so the push that we've been pushing for the schools is, unfortunately, we have to make a class now in each school and it starts from K and it goes through 12. Nice. It's a social emotional class where you catch them because you, you can, if you go into the schools that you go to buy a kindergarten class, you can see the one or two kids. If you walk in there and say, okay, they need a little bit yeah. of training again. So if we could catch them starting at K, right? Right. And then when they go to third grade, third through fifth, you have the third through fifth programming there, right? So they never 
You never take your hands off of them. So they go through the program from K. And once they get to third to fifth, they're in a, that level program, middle school program, just like they have mathematics. You know, yeah. they have levels of mathematics. There's right. levels of social and emotional skills. And so, and then once they go to middle school, you have the middle school part. Once you get to high school, you have them. And by the high time, if you keep all of that from there, by the time you get to high school, you might not even need to touch them anymore. Mm. Right. Well, what I love about that is, you know, the schools are so focused on, oh, we got to get good test scores. So they don't have the space or the time to do this kind of stuff. So you guys are really filling a huge void that the schools can't fill. Right. So that's been the beautiful thing with the collaboration with the schools that we are in. Yeah. Is that they allow us to come in, work with the youth, uh, the one to two percent of the youth that are having whatever may be issues they may be having mm-hmm. throughout the whole year and keep them focused. Even when they fall off, we're there, this, that, that, that. And so they don't have to concentrate on that. Yeah, They can concentrate on the schools. So that's the reason why we had the shooting at East. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you have deans, right? Deans are not trained to do this kind of work with these type of youth. They should not be searching people's backpacks. There should be a whole let the community do that. So if you had a community organization that when he came in to check in, you go down there and check in with whatever organization it is. I don't care. Whatever it is, it, it, check in with them. If he comes in, comes to the community corner, we test him out. We make sure that he's had sleep all night, that he ate last night, or that he even went home last night. Mm. Right. Or, you know, and figure those scenarios out. And then you can help a youth put a smile back on his face. Well, and part of this, it, I know it's got to be hard to ask for help and, and a lot of people won't, but it's got to be an advantage and instant credibility for you that you've lived all of this. You, you bring so much lived experience with this to these conversations and these situations, right? It's unfortunately that my wife and I and 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 most some most of our staff that we hire um, or try to hire it are products of our environment uh, are are the ones that got abused, got hurt, and and uh, because and then we wonder why sometimes. But I had to answer the other night when I was sitting in the garage and God told me, he said, the reason why is because I needed somebody to help the ones that go through it. So unfortunately I had to put you guys through it and we're still going through it and we don't understand why, but the reason why is because God needs someone that has that lived experience to go and help the ones that are living in that experience today. Um, so I had to understand that and embrace that. If we didn't have people to, that have experienced something before us, we would never know anything and we would never be able to be taught anything or, or, or learn anything. So uh, those those are things that we have to face when, 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 what, when you become one of those ones with lived experience. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. And, and and we have to make sure we we try to make sure we get the youth to understand that it's not your fault. It's something about you that's special that we got to figure out what that is and how to pull it out of you. What do you like to dream about and do? And so 
Um, yeah, so that's our secondary prevention program. And then we have our Saxon Love program um, that we hire youth and uh, give stipends to that come and work for the Sacks of Love. It's our food pantry. Uh, we've been working, doing that for about six, seven years now. Nice. Um, and it started off, Lakeisha started off in a, in a little closet. So it was only for the clients that, that would, we would come in. So it'll be about 50, maybe to 100 families a week. Mm-hmm. And then when COVID hit, uh, uh, she wanted to do a drive through, do it outside. Yeah. And, and ever since COVID, we've been doing uh, 8,000. We've been wow. at least touching six to 8,000 families a week. Wow. Food. We do it Monday. We do it Monday through Friday. We started 12. We used to put 12 to two, but since food got cut off and funding got cut off, we only could make a certain amount of boxes a day. So we make between 150 to 200 boxes a day, depending on what kind of food that we have. And, and, and so if you just average that times four, the average family has about four people right. in it. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking about 800 people a day. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, you're spreading boxes of love too. And so we never got to slow that down. So now we're, we, have, we have a whole crew that stands outside during the winter and make boxes outside in the cold and rain and, and, I'm, uh, you know, so we just, and the sacks to love. And so. That's awesome. Um, so I have to ask when, when you were in the library and you're studying on how to build a nonprofit and you're going through all those hoops about how to become a 501c3 in your wildest dreams, did you ever think you'd reach the point where you're giving away a million and a half pounds of food and you're serving 2000 people with all these programs across 12 zip codes. I mean, it has to be, if you step back, it has to be an amazing journey that you've, you've gone on. I never dreamed of being in Colorado, Denver, Colorado, married, employing over 20 some people legally, even 30 some people with the youth that we have now legally. Never. It was never in my wildest dreams ever. And, this, and sometimes, you know, and Lakeisha can vouch for, I think both of us, we don't even realize, as you know, my sons had to text me the other day and tell me, Dad, you don't even realize how much people you guys help. And I'm I sure said, you no, don't. I don't. I said, I, I really don't see it, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I don't take numbers and, you know, right. like, it's not a tally mark for me, you know, it's just something we, I think we were gifted to do yeah. um, through the grace of God, you know, so. Well, super um, smart. You guys are just putting your head down and doing the work every day. And you, I don't think you really do understand the impact is is tremendous, which is awesome. But, you know, do you have, when you look back, do you have any favorite success stories of, of folks that you've worked with that you could share? No, I don't really have a favorite, you know, because, you know, I just had a young man um, that was with us since he was in third grade. He's in the, where is he at? In the Navy now. And he just texted oh, nice. me the other day. He, it's just out the blue. He texted me, he said, coach, you got a book I could read. And what was funny is two days before that, Lakeisha had sent me a book or text me a book to read. Wow. Right. And she was like, you, you should read this book. You'll like it. And then it wasn't for me. It was for him. Wow. It shows wow. how things work because 
because he texted me yes day before yesterday. Just he's like, I love y'all. I just want to because he's I guess he's waiting to get stationed out. Uh, they're about to station out in the war, so he's just sitting there waiting. He was like, I just need a book to read. But and he's been with us since the third grade. Then we have nice. a young man, uh, Kendrick Shaw, uh, that's been with us for about two years now. Came in as a gang member. Now he's out the gang. He went on the HBCU tour. Now wow. he wants to go. What school does he want to go to? Hampton. Hampton. Now he's like, coach, I'm nice. going to Hampton. Because he never seen that. He never got outside his tent. So I, I don't really have him. Even my son, my youngest son. Now that might be my biggest success story, to be honest with you. It's my youngest son because he got mixed up into robbing and stealing and doing weird stuff and went to, went to uh, juvenile for two years, from 16 to 18. But while he was in there, he made sure that we got there on time for all the family counseling classes, for all of this. He got his diploma in there. When he got out, I thought he was still going to be playing. He, st- he said, Dad, I just, I'm done. He went and got his own record expunged. He went and got his own carrying to steal his lights, guns. So he went and done it. He did it the right way. He said, I'm going to go and get where I could go to the shooting range and go out and shoot stuff. So he, he went and did all of that on his own. And so it made me proud that I said, okay, I could let him go because he's, he's doing, he's taking manly steps yeah. and, and, and doing the correct thing now. And, uh, you know, between the, you know, the mental health stuff you guys are doing and dealing with the youth violence, this, this work you're doing is definitely not for the faint of heart. So what really, what keeps you motivated and driven to keep doing it? Uh, love. Love is the only answer I could give you is that we, I think my wife and I, as much as we hate doing this work, we're really in love with this work more than we hate it. So no matter how we look at it, when we're going through tough times, we still sit back here at the table, still trying to figure out the next thing that we can help save a person or feed a person or provide clothing for a person, housing for a person. Uh, we also we also um, are in collaboration with the STAR program that's ran through Servicios. Um, and so um, uh, Elon and Dini are running that program. Uh, and that program is, um, instead of when they call 911, um, if it's not a like a violent or crisis situation, they'll send them to the STAR. And STAR is a mental health mobile brand. And so oh, they'll wow. show up. Nice. They'll show up to the house and then they'll call us and we'll figure out what kind of resources they really need and what we can really do besides the police. Well, and I, I understand that's such a great answer that you, that you do it out of love. And I understand when you say you hate the work, but you love the work because ideally you guys wouldn't be in business, right? Because that would mean that there's no problems, but there are, and you guys are standing in the breach um, and taking them on, which is so inspiring. But you know, what really gives you hope as you look towards the future, especially for the Struggle of Love Foundation? What gives me hope is uh, today I, I'm, um, I'm at a class at the school below us, this 360 Academy, Academy 360, and they, they are a K through fifth grade um, school. And so I'm down there um, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to help. 
um, with some of the fifth graders. And so what inspires me is a fifth grader that unfortunately his cousin was shot and he's, he's, mm. he, he, he's, he's been a victim of violence and death um, for a few years now because of his family and the family he has surrounded him. Mm-hmm. Well, what gives me hope is him looking out the window and I asked what's going on. And he says, death, right? Mm-hmm. This is what he says to me this morning. And um, I said, well, you want to go talk? He's like, yeah, I want to go talk, but can we go upstairs to talk? So I said, yeah, but bring your homework. Mm-hmm. But he brings, in order for him to really, I said, if you really want to talk to me, finish the math first. Mm-hmm. And he finishes the math. So I know that you want to change you want to talk so that gives me hope when i see a young man change a, a frown to a smile he went back down and said coach thank you i'm happy again uh awesome so those are the things that give me hope that'll keep you going on it the the the, the quotes from kendrick that it what is what is it, i haven't had, had it laminated you know because he wrote a he wrote a you know things the struggle of the people in struggle of encourage greatness, creativity, and work ethics from the youth. Before I joined the program, I was involved in criminal activities. After coming up here, I realized I don't want to hurt people. I want to help people. Coach, Coach I and Jason McBride have been like father figures to me. Just not just me, but my family too. You know, really really have helped me build character, integrity, respect, discipline, responsibility, and love. I will continue to come up here for only for any and everything because the struggle with love is more than an organization. It's a family. So that's what keeps those that's, are the things. That's that mission accomplished right there. Those are the things that I think keep us motivated and keep us. Um, that's the only thing that could keep you going. Yeah, because if it wasn't that, then you 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 would quit. Yeah, you know okay. you're uh, making progress for sure. Well, we're we're getting down to it, and I, I want to respect your time. So shift gears a little bit, and, and I'll ask you what's something that you will listen to, read, or watch today. So, oh, let me see. Let me look at my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> let me look at my calendar. Uh, oh, I, I will be uh, listening to a capacity building. The capacity building meeting phase two of it. Always so learning, I love it. Meeting, listening, learning today at, 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 at one thirty. Yes, sir. Tell me somebody who's been a role model for you. You know, I don't know if, if I could say this. Just consider a role model, but my wife is really, is is really. Uh, the role model for me, I, I, I watched, I watched my wife, you know, transition. I when she even worked at budget. She was like a boss there. When she worked at DPS, it was, she was, she wasn't the boss, but she was like the boss there. And if that makes any sense, it was yep. like everybody would come to her, ask her, do this, do this, do this. And to watch her transition to really a, uh, executive director that's you know handling uh, a little about money and 
and always working on top of it and never sleeps um, 24-7. This is what she does. You know, even if we on vacation, this is what she does. You know, I, I look up to her, you know, because she's smart. That's awesome. She's smart. I, 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 you know, for me, I have great ideas and I can execute some stuff, but to put it all together uh, and make it make it make sense yeah it's a task for me right yeah but she knows how to do that and stay organized like sometimes she'll show me something she'll say i bet you don't even know this and she'll show me something and i'll say how did you even think of that <laughs> like well, how did you what made you even think of doing you know what i mean yeah so uh i look up to her you know what i'm saying even though she's younger than me and everything but intelligent why she outweighs me you know by ages and i appreciate that i'm in the same boat tell me about if there's another organization out there uh outside of struggle love foundation that you admire the work that they're doing oh it's several i i it's several my fellow organizing committee uh athletics and beyond favor uh magnum uh, kids be up at everything beyond every. I mean, kids above everything. Excuse me, but they ain't watching them over there. Park, yo. Um, who else is it? Uh, Coach Bates that works with us has the uh, Lady Blackhawks. You know where he coaches over a hundred girls um, and keep them safe and busy. So yeah. I look out of that. Uh, who else? The Family Sport, our partners over here. Um, uh, uh, La Mamba, there's so many of them That's uh, that really are out here. I know for a fact that do some work. Uh, so, uh, and if I forgot any of them, I'm sorry, but everybody knows <laughs> what, that, uh, you know, that's why I don't like really saying that because you forget people and then people go, hey, you forgot me. Uh, you know, <laughs> so for everybody that's out there, you know who they are. Yeah, Coach, is there anybody else you want to give a shout out to? Yes, please. I, 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 would, I really want to shout out my team. My first shout out, you know, it a, goes to our executive director, Ms. Lakeisha Hodge. She does all the hard work. If it wasn't for her work, then none of this would even be possible. Um, my mental health team, Ashley, Claudia, Betsy, uh, our secretary of prevention, violence, interruption team, Mr. Jason McBride and Coach Bates, um, AJ that's joined the team. Uh, my sons, Dean and Elon, is right now. They boots on the ground 24-7 now. Um, they help me do stuff in the middle of the night. All our food bank team, um, Terrell, Dante, Eris, Elijah, and all the many youth that come and help us on a daily basis and the volunteers that come and help us. And um, we're just grateful and thankful uh, for, for every hard work that they put in over time um, that they're not getting paid for and stuff like that, you know, that they do out the grace of their heart because they're in the, they're in the fight with us to uh, to grow and get more capacity. So for sure. uh, I appreciate everything they do um, for and sure. joining us in this fight. That's my last question. If people want to find Struggle Love, support you, volunteer, learn more, where, what's the best way to find you? Um, our website and Facebook, uh, strugglelovefoundation.org, and our Facebook page, I believe it's just Struggle Love Foundation. Uh, just come in, watch us. We be live. We do all kind of stuff. So we have our mental health broadcast coming out. So be on the lookout for that. That should be coming yep. out 
in, in May uh, with our mental health team. They'll be doing a podcast. So please, we need all the help we can get. Uh, we're trying to build a bigger team. Um, we will be um, getting location in Aurora, expanding our team out to North Aurora. Um, so just stay tuned. We got some things coming up. And uh, awesome. I really appreciate you, Jay, for reaching out to us and um, showing our love to save our lives. Struggle Love Foundation. I will uh, put all that in the show notes so people can find you. Coach, I could not be more inspired or impressed by what you're doing. hope I get the chance to thank you in person one day soon. Uh, but grateful for your time today. All right, Jay. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the amazing Coach I for sharing his powerful stories and passion. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team find more joy at work, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To support the Struggle of Love Foundation and learn more about the organization's work, visit struggleoflovefoundation.org. Check the show notes for links, and if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd give it a thumbs up, share it with a friend, or write a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. Thank you.